0: Ladies and gentlemen of Jets
1: Nation from around the world, you're listening to the good, the bad, and the Jets podcast. The Jets hired Robert Sala, the very energetic, uh, bald, intense, good-looking guy. Don't name it to me, is the GOAT. And Lawson, like, has had a little bit of an injury history, but man, he's a rocket. He's a ball of muscle off the edge. Denzel Mims is there, and he's got it. Denzel's going to be another big, fast, athletic target for us on the outside. We're a good football
2: team! And now, let's kick it over to your hosts, Brandon Ferris and Spencer Klein.
3: Welcome, everyone, to the Good, the Bad, and the Jets Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ferris, and as always, alongside me is Spencer Klein. It's been an interesting week in Jets Nation. A lot of social media outrage, uh, some interesting notes and rumors we've heard. and this is another big episode for us, Spence, because we do have a special guest, Matt O'Leary, joining the pod today to talk about some jet stuff in the off season, what uh, we can look at in the draft, uh, a little season review as well, so. I'm looking forward to this pod.
0: Yeah, definitely going to be a, a great one with Matt. What a very knowledgeable Jets fan out there. Puts out a, a ton of great Jets content. What One of my favorite Jet content creators, simply. And, uh, yeah, it, it's the time of hypotheticals. <laughs> no doubt about yeah. it. That's all that's being thrown out there and talked about. But that's what's going to happen, of course, up until free agency. And, and it's going to continue through the draft. So... It's fun—the fun time for for Jets fans, as always. But as we continue to say,
2: hopefully, we're not doing this uh, much longer. These types of discussion. We're going to transition into <laughs> yeah winning type discussions.
3: And before I mentioned the the wide receiver trade hypothetical, I did want to mention the Jets did sign Bradley and I, defensive lineman. I think he's more of an edge rusher, in my opinion, to a futures contract. I don't know if you remember, but I, I, was, I was telling you about him. He, he's an edge rusher from University of Utah. He was drafted a few years ago by, I think, the Patriots in the mid-rounds. He was an interesting edge prospect for me. I know he had a health problem, which is why he dropped. But I think he's still pretty young. Only been in the league for a, a couple years. I'm cool with taking the flyer on him. Give them some depth. I'm sure he's better than Tim Ward and your boy, Ronald Blair. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to see what they can do with him. I know we always hype up people when they get signed, but I'm interested to see this signing through.
0: Yeah, it's it's certainly a, a, a no-risk swing. That's the simplest way to think of it. But one thing that just cracks me up with, with Jen is, like, they see the signing and they're like, oh, he's going to have a role. This is a steal. This is that. <laughs> like, relax. There's a reason these types of players – are out there at this point of the season. <laughs> yeah, certainly could turn into, like, a role player. And I, I think that's the only goal you could have. Like, Decent Chance doesn't even make the roster. But how it's, many it's just funny, thought... the reactions right off the bat. They just, they always entertain me with that.
3: How many people thought Shaq Lawson was going to be a superstar when the Jets traded for him? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Everyone. I mean, I
3: I like to trade at the time. but like, That's the type of low-risk move you make. You throw a... A
0: late round pick for someone who's at least had some production like no downside i don't know if i think he would get I, I i am surprised that he didn't make it to the end of the season i i can't say i thought that was gonna result yeah. in that uh sina- situation or sorry that was going to be the result simply but yeah it's just it's it's, it's just how we all process it all but <laughs> no in, in reality like a no risk move if it turns into anything that's at the win but that's something Douglas has shown in his first few years. He's able to find players like this that find the role with the team. So let's best hope it turns into something like that.
3: He uh, he was drafted in the fifth round in 2020. He's only 23, so if they want to develop him. Go for it. I'm sure there's a lot that Salah can unlock for him. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But the other hypothetical that everyone's been talking about is the rumor about Amari Cooper, DK Metcalf and Calvin Ridley all being traded this offseason. So I'll just throw this out there to you, Spence, which one, if you could have any of those three in a trade, who would you take? I have one question
0: too. That is, the trade package equal? Like do I have the choice of either three with the same package on the table? Do you think they would be the same trade package? I don't. I think they definitely would be different between the three. So let me, I'll factor that in based yeah. on a package they would give in the player. I think my pick would be, And I don't know, I feel like you may be surprised. I think it would be Amari Cooper. I think you're going to have to pay in the trade package a decent, more than a decent amount for DK. I still think you'd have to give up a decent amount for Ridley. Cooper? you're taking a contract off of dallas's books if that were to happen i feel like that's a well not i feel that is a lack of sorry there's a loss of some leverage for dallas There, so i think you would potentially
2: get the best value deal of assets they would have to give up for an amari cooper i don't know if he's the best of the three i think i would would prefer the
0: player of as ridley of the three but i would certainly be comfortable with cooper if we haven't had a yeah, we have not had a wider like that since Brandon Marshall. So that's what 5 6 years now.
3: I am surprised by your answer. Cooper's the one I want least out of the three. I would take DK Metcalf because I think what I would be comfortable with is trading number 10 for him and and maybe something else. And if you if you trade number 10, we assume or we want the Jets to just take a wide receiver at 10. So at the spot of trading for the proven commodity, so you obviously know DK Metcalf's the real deal. Trade the first-round pick for him. Don't risk it on a, a rookie wide receiver. And I'm sure he'll have to get paid, but they have the ample cap space. So I w- I would go Metcalf but, of course, would accept any of those three.
0: See, that's the difficult part to me in the hypothetical. I, I don't want to part with either of the first-round picks. I would part with anything else but those two to land one of these three. And I think you can get that done if, if you put together a, a, a fair enough package without touching either of those two. So that, that's kind of why I was saying no TK there. I think because I agree with you, you probably got to throw in the 10th the,
2: the, the pick so at you least probably- to get that discussion going
3: you would rather someone like Garrett Wilson or, or Drake London than DK Metcalf is what you're saying. I do for the timing piece of it.
0: I think they could turn into just as – yes, I think their ceiling is that level to turn into just as good of talented players that they could match production to, to those types. I, I would rather keep that selection in in that scenario. But I, I know know look, I'll say this. and Well, oh, not I. I think many will say this too. I will speak for them. I think
3: we would take any of the three in a <laughs> – Reasonable package, no doubt about that. So, since your answer was Cooper, what do you think would be the trade package for him? Because I, I personally have no idea what Cooper's I, value is right now.
0: I think you can get that done. I think you got to part with. You're not getting the Marshall package was rare. A fifth for Marshall. I don't think you're getting something like that. Cooper. This is one thing I didn't realize until I saw it today. Is Cooper and Ridley are one year apart in age. Well, Marshall. I think. Go oh, ahead.
3: Marshall was like what thirty two. 31. He
0: was 30 plus at the time. Yeah. yeah.
3: So like, I don't think you're getting it done for a fifth, but I think you could make a package of a...
0: I, I don't think a third a third and a fourth, like you you package two in a row to get someone like that. I don't think it's that crazy because, again, the leverage of the contract. Dallas is tight. They have other moves they have to make. They have Schultz and Michael Gallup entering for agency. They're going to need the money. So you you are taking that burden off them where I think well, we see what Joe's been able to do to make some good deals. I think he could finagle something like that. Maybe that's low, but I don't like what. What's Dallas's leverage there? No, we're going to keep and then we let the other two walk. That's I think that's a game where Douglas could hop right in and,
2: and get that one done in his favor.
3: Well, I think they're going to let Gallup walk regardless because of his injury, but I think they need to decide whether they're going to keep Schultz or Cooper. So. Yeah, Look, I'd,
0: say I'd go as high as a two and a four, even if that wouldn't get it done. I would consider
2: that, too, because obviously you have two twos to fight with.
3: Well, I think that would be the package for Ridley, too, a second and a fourth or a fifth. I think DK would be the only one who would require a first round pick because of his age. Agreed, yeah. But who really knows? Because Seattle, I mean, they could just blow it all up. They can trade Russ, DK... And just gain first and second round picks, so I'd be surprised if I would really be surprised if any of the three are moved. I don't think any of them will be moved. That's my bull prediction. I
2: think that's a reasonable
0: prediction <laughs> as well like <laughs> hard to move on from those types of players if you are those teams. yeah simply it, like it's hard you can't replace those guys easily unless you have you know, the opportunity to. Drafting, which is why like the fallback is you could stick at 10 you can if you want to put quotes
2: around reach and reach out for and get your guy also
3: yeah so that was that's been the talk of, of Jets twitter plus the safety dilemma which is also causing riots on Jets social media about a safety going at four or ten or, or whatever and what the value is I'll, I'll just throw it out there right now, and I think we talked to Matt about this too. Yeah, I
0: say I was going to save my thoughts until we, in the uh, the wrap up of the discussion.
3: That's fair. I'll I'll just throw it out there right now. In my opinion, the, the the Jets probably won't take a safety at four if if Douglas wasn't willing to pay Jamal Adams. But we do talk about that with Matt and, and go a little deeper in that. So I'll save my analysis for that. But other than that, I think it's been. So far, a quiet offseason. I mean, plans are still intact, so can't expect too much. We are only, what, a, a few days, a few months away from free agency, like 55 days, 50 days.
2: We needed to go here now. <laughs> too many hypotheticals. Although they're fun, too
3: many. You need to see the <laughs> well, actual results. Well, like we said, hopefully this is the last year of the many hypotheticals and the ample cap space and ample picks maybe this will be the year that they get it right and i think transition into our discussion with matt like i said we will be talking about some offseason stuff with matt some draft stuff a season review and we all of us hope that this is the last year of all these hypotheticals so with that let's get into the conversation
0: All right, everyone. Today, we have Matt O'Leary, writer for Odds Checker, contributor for Eyes on Isles blog, and of course, the discussion today, Jets YouTuber and host of the Jets Jets podcast. Uh, welcome to the good, the bad, the Jets podcast, Matt. Happy to have you.
1: Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. And got to say, love the name of the show. It's very fitting.
0: Thank you. We're hoping it's gonna the bad part needs to go out soon, but uh, of course that's 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 for them to uh, to do <laughs> to make that happen.
2: Absolutely.
3: Yeah. So uh, first, we we wanted to get your thoughts on on the season as a whole. We actually just did a, a wrap up episode with our friend Anthony and got his thoughts. We'll be dropping that in the next week or two. But wanted to get your thoughts on on the season. Just a brief overview of, of what you thought and obviously the good parts and many of the bad parts that uh, were there.
1: Yeah, this was a tough one to evaluate, I feel like, because there were so many injuries just from where, you know, we thought this team would be from their roster in week one to what it finished with was just completely different. So I think we have to take some things with a grain of of salt. But um, I'll start with the good. I was really happy with how the young guys competed Um, obviously there were times where they were overmatched, whether it be on the offensive side or the defensive side. But I thought specifically, um, some of the later round guys like Brandon Eccles or Michael Carter, the second, the, who ended up playing a slot corner role for this team. Yeah. at, At times they looked like they were in over their head, but they came in week in and week out and they competed. And sometimes you know, like against the Dolphins, Eccles had that pick six. And, uh, you know, the, a young, very young cornerback room came in and punched above their weight class, which I thought was really awesome to see. Uh, there's not a ton of positives on the defensive side, but that to me is a big one that stands out, the the corner room playing above their head. And then on the offensive side, I, I think you have to like what you saw from Elijah Tucker as a rookie. I thought he really developed into – a really nice piece and a building block piece. And you know, the second half of Zach Wilson's year after the injury. I thought he settled in nicely. Uh, Didn't really turn the ball over too much. Uh, Touchdown numbers went way up, which is a positive. Obviously has to take another step forward going into year two, but I thought it was good to see the growth from earlier in the year to at the tail end of the year. And uh, unfortunately for the negative, uh, I I hinted at injuries being a big factor um, that, obviously was decimated. You lose Carl Lawson before the season started. They didn't have any edge presence whatsoever, and I think that really impacted the defensive side of the ball. Um, and on the offense, like, Mackay being down for the whole year stunk, um, losing Zach for a few games. While we had the fun of Mike White, I think we probably would have rather s- uh, signed up for 17 full games as Zach Wilson. Yep. Uh, and I really would have liked to see the combination of Wilson, Moore, uh, Corey Davis, uh, Michael Carter, all of them on the field at the same time uh, and playing well, and we didn't really get to see that too much. So that that's going to be on my negative side too.
3: Yeah, we saw we saw them play in the beginning half before Booth LaFleur became a thing. So the offense wasn't that great when they were all around. So I think that's a, a good thing to look forward to, plus any additions. Hopefully they add a tight end and another wideout, but I think that's reason for op- optimism next season too seeing what the the potential can be with all them.
0: Yeah, and a crazy part I just wanted to add to, to the the offensive situation there. I saw one of the reporters tweeted this week, they play, uh it was Zach, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis and Crowder played I believe less than 50 snaps together the entire season. That's like that's that's not what you pencil in at the start of the year certainly with this group and that's that's unacceptable and just you're your results are going to be impacted when you simply don't have your top three expected wide receivers out there for <laughs> forget like a game that that's a half a game, maybe at best or approximately let's say a half, three, fourths of a game or so of snaps. That's not what you planned for. So yeah, it was bumpy there, but yeah, there is some optimism and that's, that's why this is just such a, I don't know I keep saying when when Brandon and I are, are having conversations about the team, but it's such a massive off season. There's, the opportunity they have is rare, and it's not one you want to have often. Let's make that clear. We want to make sure they're in a different situation. Well, they need to make sure they're in a different situation. But the opportunities here, that draft assets, the cap space, they need to capitalize and, and, and get it done. So, Matt, curious your thoughts on what they need to attack. I, I've definitely kept up with some of your YouTube content, so definitely we'll have some follow-ups on that, which I'm sure you will, you will share as you give your thoughts on what they need to do, simply.
1: Yeah. So obviously, I mean, you, you said it and you're a hundred percent right. It, it's a huge off season because you have, you know, your young quarterback, a young roster and a, a ton of both cap space and draft capital. And you really have an opportunity to take a step forward in your development it's time to you know put some wins together it was nice to go from two up to four but you have to take a much bigger leap now uh going into i guess year four of joe douglas so um for me when i look at this team on the offensive side i you need two tight ends either you want to do one in free agency and one in the draft i think that's probably your best idea but they need to completely rebuild a tight end room you can't run it back next year with any version of croft griffin um any of those guys daniel brown it's just you're not going to be able to have a functional offense and what they're you know going to look to do on offense the lafleur slash shanahan offense relies on tight ends that just just didn't have any so they didn't utilize them really all too much uh i do think they need to add another big receiver in here Uh, You're going to be losing Jamison Crowder and Keelan Cole probably in free agency. And unfortunately, Denzel Mims doesn't look like he's going to be the impact player we all thought he was going to be. So I I still think you need to add to Corey Davis and Elijah Moore. That's a nice one-two punch. But, you know, bringing back Braxton Barrios and maybe adding a, a wide receiver early in the draft, I think, would be a wise decision there. Um offensive line you could use some depth there especially maybe at right guard that's probably the one spot you feel the weakest about uh but then transitioning over to the defense uh edge still is a big need carl lawson's coming back but you need some insurance behind him and someone to play on the other side uh you need more linebacker help too i feel like we're going over the whole roster here but the jets do need a lot of where
0: they're at unfortunately uh,
1: <laughs> they probably need two linebackers. So I'm going to say the same thing, draft one and sign one. Uh, safety is going to be rebuilt. So that's another probably draft one, sign one. And then for the corner group, I, I don't think they're going to draft one early. Like I see Derek Stingley being mocked to the jets a lot. And like Stingley's a, a nice prospect, maybe a little risky with the injury, but He's a good prospect, but I I don't think the Jets go that direction. I think they'll maybe add like a a veteran to the room, if anything, there. Um, But pretty much everything else, safety, linebacker, edge, you have to attack that on defense. And uh, I I think specifically with what Salah and Ulbrich are going to want to try to do on defense, they like to get after the quarterback. So I think they'll put more of an emphasis on uh, getting the pass rush home.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Go ahead, Brandon.
3: The draft this year, the number four spot, it's a really awkward and weird spot for them this year because you have the two edge rushers who are more than likely, I would say, going to the top three. So you lose them. And then, in my opinion, I think the Jags are probably going to go with Evan Neal at one. And then you see the two edge rushers go two and three. So you have Stingley there. You have Hamilton there. You have Carl Leipzig there. It's It's a weird spot because they can do a lot there. I I see a lot of people talking about Stingley and Hamilton. I I can't really see them taking Hamilton at four because if Joe wasn't willing to pay Adams all that money, I can't see him using the number four pick on on a safety. Stingley intrigues me a bit, but I agree with the injury risk. Uh, what do you what do you think would be ideal at four? Because I think a lot of people have different opinions. There's so many different options they can do trade down even. But what would your ideal pick be for number four though to help that offense or defense.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. It is a little bit of a weird spot. Um especially because there's two really nice edge rushers, but they're probably going to go right before the Jets pick, whether it's one and two or two and three, it's kind of dependent on what Jacksonville is going to do. Um and I agree I Kyle Hamilton's probably going to be a good player in this league. I just don't think the Jets have the luxury of using the fourth overall pick on a safety. Like value wise, I just don't think it makes sense for this team, um, so I don't see them going corner or safety in that spot. Um, I Evan Neal there would be if he somehow falls there. I would seriously consider taking him because he can play tackle or guard. Yep. So yep. that kind of gives you insurance for if Makai Becton's injuries, you know, become a, an issue. I'm confident in him bouncing back, but you know, it's kind of nice to have an insurance plan. And then worst case scenario he starts at right guard this year. And then if Fant leaves in for agency, then you can move uh, Neil over and have him play right tackle if you want. So I think that could that could work out. Um, I'm a big Carl off this guy. I know that's kind of a hot button issue, especially on Jets Twitter. There's, you know, some people love him. Some people don't want him to be the pick there at four. I, I personally do like him a lot. I think he would compliment Carl Lawson well, because he's more of like, Lawson's more of the speed guy where, uh, Karloff, this is like a, a power rusher. So um, I, I think knowing what we know about both uh, Salah and Douglas, they put a big priority in the offense and defensive line. So I would bet they're probably going with either Neil or a, an edge at that spot at four.
3: I feel like any other edge might be a reach like uh the the other Michigan edge or even Jermaine Johnson or or Sanders so yeah it's a really weird position I know Spence we've talked about the number four overall pick for the last two or three weeks and I don't think we even have a there's
0: just no there is no consensus on it like I understand the idea of Neil if he's there. Like I understand the value of it. I'm I'm a little bit against this year taking another lineman round one. Not to say that their line is set. It certainly isn't. They need to address right guard. There is some uncertainty at tackle due to Beckton just not being able to stay on the field. But you you how many teams was saying in the brand, how many teams do you see really with three plus first, or at least three first round picks on the line? don't see that many you you it's can get that out yeah say it again
3: it's a rich investment having yeah. that many first uh first round talent on the line
0: you you can just you could figure it out in round two you could figure it out in round three you could figure it out in free agency that's that's kind of my thought this year and i, I with Carl Loftus, i think i and i'll speak for you a little bit there Brenna. our concern is like just from reading some things about him i can't say watch followed him much throughout his this season Seems like a lot of Leonard Williams there, like it creates the pressures, had a great uh, freshman year campaign. I saw that. But the the, the sack category, when you, although which doesn't tell the whole picture, because look, Carl Lawson was kind of similar with that. And Trey Henderson was the opposite. And it was the whole last offseason discussion. But like, that's just I don't know. There's not like um, there's something that you're like when you I mean, it doesn't tell at all. But like you're not like, wow, when you just look at that. But like, does all the description of him make some make sense? At for it does, and then exactly from what Salah and Douglas seem to well, not seem to what they are interested in, it makes sense there. So it, it's a hot one there. I mean, I know, and they could address it at ten too, like wide receiver. That that's the one I really would like make it a premium pick, make it happen. I I, I checked out your video of your thoughts for the off season. Traylon Burks, he makes sense. That could happen there. Garrett Wilson, they they both make sense, but
3: I think if they go Wilson at four, Spence, I think everyone will will be happy with it. I feel like that's a pick that I'll
0: accept it. That's my thought this year. We need to score. The the goal of the game is to score points. (laughs) We need to set them up the best way to do that. And yes, the other positions assist with that, but they're the ones that are going to get into the end zone when it leaves Zach's hands. And the group's not done yet. They they need the help and. There's other scenarios. Maybe they'll address that. Trades, free agent. Well, I think free agency might be a little bit less likely this year, but there are going to be some trade names available. But they got to do that, and they're in a prime position to address it at 4-10. So it's going to be an interesting one. And it's my last thought, and I'll turn it back to you. It's the Hamilton one. I'm, I'm on board with going for Marcus Williams. Day one, the bell rings. Give him a call. Throw him the bag and just say, come along. <laughs> And, and then you don't have to think about Kyle Hamilton at four, but yeah. Is it, I mean, as we said, there's a lot they have to, as you said, sorry, isn't that there's a lot they have to address. <laughs> like there's not yeah. many, as Brandon and I, there's not many unacceptable uh, scenarios outside of interior D line. Like, <laughs> I'd be a little disappointed if they did that at four or 10, but really everything else would fill something. So there's, there's a lot of, a lot of scenarios there simply.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, And that's the thing, like, I've said this on my own show or just to other people who've asked me about it. It feels like the last few years, like 2018, everyone knew that the pick was going to be a quarterback. 2019, you knew it was either and Williams or Josh Allen. And, th- and there was a debate there, but it was more than likely going to be one of those two guys. Then in 2020, it was, okay, everyone knows you're going to take an offensive lineman. And then last year, it's, okay, everyone knows you're going to take a quarterback. But this year, there's so many different ways that you can go and there's so many different things, pros and cons that you can sell me on. Like, I don't disagree with you about the Carl Loftus cons. It's just for you personally, is it? Are, are the pros going to outweigh the cons here? And that's kind of what Douglas and the staff have to figure out because there is no slam dunk or perfect answer at four. If Thibodeau or Hutchinson is there, great, there's your perfect answer. But other than that, there isn't one for this team.
0: Feel like the best could be trade back like you probably like there. anyone there well i'll rephrase that there's definitely names that they could be aiming for at four that they probably could slide back and just grab them a couple more slots back you gotta hope say they like, gotta hope one of those quarterback needy teams just really wants to jump jump the giants and just i say saying LeFleur has to say kenny pickett is the best quarterback he's ever seen after the senior bowl and just pump his stock up simply because it's yeah it's, it's just a spot where like yes, yeah, you will be happy if they grab some but they also can just turn that asset into even more and, and still grab the same, potentially the same asset they're aiming for there yeah, so it's it's yeah it's just a crazy uh, it's a good good year to have these discussions simple. there's not a consensus answer yet, so we'll we'll see how that one evolves, but yeah, just just don't take interior d line I think that's the only <laughs> one we'll all uh we'll all lo- uh, lock arms and say, no no, no no no, don't do that.
3: <laughs> I they definitely don't need one round one, but they do need depth there. I think yes. some point in the draft. I know we always kind of overlook IDL because they have Quinn in and hopefully JFM goes back to the interior defensive line and they have Rankin, but I'm, I'm not big on Jonathan Marshall. They definitely need some help stopping the run. So if they want to sign someone else or draft someone day three, I, I'd be okay with it, but just not day, day one or two. I think everyone can agree on that.
1: Yeah, definitely. You want to add depth, That that's completely fine. No one's going to get worked up over that, but another top 10 pick on the position might ruffle some feathers.
3: <laughs> yeah, they're in such a, a good position. And Spencer and I were saying it, it's kind of fun when they're bad and they have all these assets because we have so many hypotheticals <laughs> of, of what they can do and so many options, it's kind of boring if they're good because then everyone knows what they're going to do. But we're hoping this is the last offseason where we, <laughs> we have these discussions where we're getting excited for it because, like you said before, we've recorded off season champs for uh, the last however many years. Hopefully this is the last one where they can get it right and actually hit on these, especially these four picks. These are kind of franchise-altering, possibly. It, it might be a hyperbole, but this off season is humongous.
0: It's just very rare, like when Brandon and I were talking, they had the opportunity to really find 8 to 10 new starters if they execute the whole plan perfectly, simply. like they could really nail free agency and the draft, you literally could have half a new roster starting out there on week one, year over year. That's, that's just not common, I feel like. <laughs> not I feel like that, that isn't common,
2: it's, Good
0: teams, they're replacing players, but not on that level.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's for sure the thing, right? Like that. While everyone looks and say, okay, yeah, this is a four and twelve team. How could anyone say, all right, now go out and win eight, nine, ten games, whatever? But I don't know if people realize truly like the amount of capital the Jets have in both free agency and the draft. And like you guys said, it man, it's if you hit on it, it is franchise altering. So I I don't think it's hyperbole when you're saying that it's a you know a, a potentially franchise defining offseason. I think that's spot on.
0: Yeah, they they, they got to get it right simply. And when they have to get right, which you mentioned, I'm going to go back to the tight end room. We both completely agree, Brandon and I, and yes, I'm speaking for you there, Brandon. They need to replace basically the entire tight end room. I think some fans like Kenny Yoboa, I know we're both fans of him just because no one else in that room to be a fan of at the moment. But I think I'm on board with you for Dalton Schultz. Same thing at the bell. You can call Marcus Williams first. If not, call Dalton Schultz first and say, here's the blank check. We need to bring you in. And I would love them to double down. Do, like I think my dream scenario for tight end this year, I would love them to throw the bag at Schultz, take Trey McBride right in round two and you have such a duo right there. But question I have for you. And then of course, let you, you know, take the floor with the tight end room. Let's say they strike out on Dalton Schultz. He so just, it's definitely possible he goes back to Dallas now, I think, too, with Gallup going down, maybe Gallup leaves, and they just reallocate to Schultz. If they strike out on Schultz, who would be a potential different target in free agency you think they would uh, potentially target?
1: That's a good question. Um and I hope they don't because it just feels like a perfect fit. But there's a few guys who their name gets brought up a lot, but I don't know exactly if they're fit. Like Mike Jazeky is a name that gets brought up a ton, but I don't think he would be a good fit for this team because he can't block. Uh, he's basically a big wide receiver who lines up in the slot. And well, yeah, that's that's great in the passing attack, and that's absolutely a piece that you know an NFL offense can use. I just don't think that's what the Jets' plan is on offense. So, uh, and then like you look at guys like oj howard or david njoku or evan ingram like those three guys i think they're more just names at this point i think they're a little on the overrated side so i don't know how much i love either of those guys like i know that this isn't really a sexy answer but maybe bringing in a veteran like zach ertz wouldn't be the worst thing in the world like i think i would
0: accept that (laughs) (laughs)
1: like Like, i know he's, he's not the player that he was you know five years ago or anything like that but Sometimes like you need those veteran pieces to help mentor a room or just an offense in general. Like I don't know, a veteran like Ertz, and then, like you said, McBride in the second round. Jeremy Ruckert is another big name uh, who you could potentially grab. Whichever tight end you like, then you add that, and he's kind of like the mentor, takes him under his wing for a year or two, and then that guy's ready to take over full-time. So um, I I think of the additional options, Ertz would probably be my favorite.
3: Yeah, I think the Senior Bowl is going to be huge for the tight end room because there's so many good prospects at the tight end position at the Senior Bowl. The Jets have three of my favorites. They have McBride, Kohler from Iowa State, and then they have Rucker from Ohio State. Plus, Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina will be there. He'll be on the Lions team. And even Cole Turner from Nevada, he is kind of maybe a a mid-round pick as well. So they definitely in my opinion, have to take a tight end this this draft. Whether it's round two, three, or four, they can find a solid one. I think the tight end class is pretty deep, so I'm hoping they address it before round five at the latest.
2: So definitely a big opportunity there.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, it's yeah, it's, it would be risky to wait any longer than round five, and I feel like... It's- from two to four, there's so many prospects that like it's the sweet spot for them to go. Uh while McBride is, I would agree, is like the cream of the crop in this tight end room. Like there's you just ran through three or four other names who I think could be starters at this level. So it's a great opportunity at the senior bowl to see which one you like, which one you think responds well to your coaching style, and then you know, grab them.
0: I think my crush of the draft is Trey McBride. Like, it just seems like he once he gets into an NFL system, he's just a star waiting to happen at tight end. Just, like, I, I saw a comparison with Mark Andrews. I mean, obviously, we would all take that. We I even mean, we would take less than that. But if, if you can get a tight end round two, so that, well, he's, got, he's going round two. I'd be shocked if he's going past then. If you can get your Mark Andrews there, huh, from what we've been... We haven't seen anything. I know I'm going off a little tangent, but we haven't seen anyone at the tight end position who's really been like a true factor since Dustin Keller. That's that's was it 10 years ago now? It's crazy that we have not seen anything remotely close to that. We've gone through the the Kellen Winslow's, the, the what was it, Kellen Davis? I think also was there. Jason Morrow, <laughs> uh, the, the Austin Safarian Jenkins season, like all these <laughs> just non answers. Simply, they need to have. Multiple answers. It's, this is not just a multiple choice question. This is a fill out the list question. I don't even know. Bad comparison by me there. But I think that we all are, all are in agreement. And the point is they need to just re- redo that room because it's just too critical for how that offense they em- believe to envision will work
3: simply that they need it. You can't,
0: can't run two tight end sets when you don't even have one simply.
3: <laughs> Matt, is there anyone else that caught your eye that's going to be at the senior bowl that you think the, the staff will be able to work with closely and maybe be a, a pick potentially?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of curious to, to look at the, the running backs. Um, I, I think that they should look to add a running back in the, um, in the later rounds, like on, on maybe a day three pick. So my thing there would be find out which one you think could be the best bruiser kind of back because i think michael carter's he's you know he's not a a bruising kind of back he's elusive he's a good receiver i think you could bring back tevin coleman he exceeded my expectations you bring him back on like a veteran minimum kind of deal but they're they're missing that guy who can you know be good in those short yardage situations um so I, i don't know there's not one particular name that sticks out from this class who i think could be that guy but I think if I'm the jets, that's what I'm looking for in those drills is who's, you know, exceeding in those short yardage yardage situations. And uh, you know, who could we maybe get in the fifth round with our last pick to close out our draft.
3: And Spence, I know you like him, the Michigan running back Haskins. He's on the jets roster for the senior bowl. I think that's someone that we both like that would be a, a solid power back. And we we've said it before. They've never, they haven't had a power back kind of since Chris Ivory that can get those two or three yards on, on third and two. So I, I definitely agree. Haskins. I like, I like Brian Robinson from Bama, but I'm sure there will be uh, a few guys for them to look at. And I guess we just can't stress enough how important the senior bowl is. It's kind of a, a blessing that they got it because the Texans kind of fumbled the bag, even though they did end up firing their coach, but they did have the opportunity to, to, to coach it. If they uh, gave some answers quicker. So. I think this is going to be a, a big part of the offseason, too, for, for the Jets.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. It's a huge opportunity, not just, I mean, we talked tight ends and running backs just there, but of all the positional groups, you, you you kind of see who works well and who doesn't in terms of what you're looking to do with your team and when you're building a team. So when the 49ers were there a couple of years ago, they found Debo Samuel in the second round. So yep. hopefully they just have some similar luck.
3: I feel like, Devin Lloyd is someone who the Jets might fall in love with. He's kind of the prototypical linebacker that they need. So he's someone that I'm going to hope that the Jets have on, on their roster. But I think, like you said, they definitely have the opportunity to find someone and I would be shocked if they don't draft at least one guy from the senior bowl this year.
2: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: At least simply, it's just, it's just such an opportunity to get to know players that you it's just so rare, simply. And I mean, yes, hopefully they're not doing it again. a lot of things we could say, oh, hopefully they're not doing it again. But yeah, it's just a chance to really turn it around there. So on the topic of linebacker, question I have there also. So I agree with you. They need to remake that room, add at least ideally two bodies there. Yep. I like Quincy. He, he shows speed to me. He shows more in my, my feel of it, like a, a more situational rusher, not in every down roll. Definitely earned a role here. That's no doubt. We'll give him back credit, but just not, I don't know, it should not be out there every down simply in my opinion. How would you go about that? I think there, there's definitely draft options. I know Brandon and I also like N'Kobe Dean. I know there's thoughts on it just throughout, I guess, the, the football world that taking a linebacker that early, I know potentially at 10 would be too early. So I think that's the point maybe they can move back. Would you think about moving back or, and for the agency, also like who there's definitely some names that are, are going to be available. I know there's the Packers linebacker Devondre Campbell. I'd
3: be, um, he, the, yeah, yeah. I'd be shocked if they, yeah, I'd be if they don't re-sign him. He, he
0: had a great year this year, and I, I apologize to the Falcons linebacker. I'm not going to get his name exactly right, but the linebacker from Yale that played for Oberg basically last year and just had a monster year also this year tackle-wise. I think those are names that I'd be thinking about. But curious who you would who you would attack if you were Douglas with the linebacker room this, this off season.
1: Yeah. Um, Nicobe Dean is just such a special player. Like I wouldn't be mad if they took him with one of their first rounders, even if it was in the top 10. Um, and now it's a little unconventional. I think that might be a little bit of a reach, but he could just be like, I love his leadership skills. It's very noticeable on the field. And, uh, some later guys, uh, Christian Harris from Alabama is a second rounder. Probably you can grab Uh, Brandon Smith's probably a second or third rounder from Penn state who I think you can maybe grab. I like his speed. Um, And in terms of NFL guys and free agency that you can grab Campbell, I think is a a great name that you just brought up uh, already. I I think he's a, a fit for what the jets are looking to do. You need another inside linebacker in here and one who could, stop the run, which um they very very much so need help with. Um I'm not gonna pronounce I'm not gonna even try to pronounce the Falcons running back. Uh I agree with you, but maybe like a Anthony Walker Jr. from Cleveland. Like that's another name who I, I think struggled a little bit in his last stop but bounced back a little bit in Cleveland. So I'd be willing to take a flyer on him too.
2: Yeah Spencer, you're on mute. Sorry I might have slipped there.
0: I repeat it. is it the clear answer Definitely is not Gerard Davis. <laughs> that was a disaster move. And
3: that was the first I, call they made, too. I recall,
0: yeah, like I recall last offseason, the first thing, or, and maybe, I hope, I don't believe I'm making this up. I read that he was a speed linebacker. He was not speed, speedy at all. <laughs> there were plays, he legit looked slow out there. I, I the, the tip, the perfect play, or not perfect for us, but the play that I specifically recall was Matt Breda scoring on a wheel route. I, I think it was Breda. It was a, one of the Buffalo backs scoring on a wheel route, uh, and he was covering him. He just got completely blown out there in the coverage, just bad. He's not the answer. He, he won't be back simply so. But, again, opportunities are there with this one. A lot of options they will have. And I think last one that we have, and uh, we'll we'll go at it, is, is the wide receiver position that we've talked about, maybe the draft, maybe – Free agency, but there's definitely going to be some trade. So well, there likely is going to be some trade opportunities this offseason. I know the popular name everyone's seeing so far, of course, is Calvin Ridley. Uh, I feel like there's a possibility Michael Thomas could potentially become available just due to their cap situation, the Saints, and they might just have to make some moves. There could be some other ones out there,
3: too. Jay hey, Moore, that was a popular name.
0: Yep, yep. I mean, curious on the, on the trade market specifically, who would you go for? What would you look to part ways with to obtain someone? Just, I guess your thoughts on how you would go about that, the the trade market.
1: Yeah. So if this was like 2017 or 2018, I'd be all over Michael Thomas, loved him back then. But I am a little bit worried because he has, I think it's seven games in the last two years. Uh, So I'm a little bit worried what he's going to be at this point coming back. Maybe I'm just a little burned from the Le'Veon Bell situation where he sat out a year and then was pretty much washed uh, when he came back. So Michael Thomas scares me, but uh, I'd be willing to take a a flyer on Calvin Ridley. uh, One, because I think the Falcons are going to be looking to kind of start their rebuilding process. They've kind of been in no man's land the last couple of years with that. Um, And if he's someone who... Uh, which is just as looking for a fresh start, obviously, you know, sat out uh, most of this year with mental health uh, issues. So if he's going to be, you know, able to return and wants to come back and wants to play, then I think he's absolutely talented enough to, you know, part ways at a second and a conditional pick next year or something like that. Uh, and he's still young too. I think he just turned 27. Um, yeah. So, Uh, And he was an all-pro the last time we saw him. So uh, Calvin Ridley is the one that I I think, yes, there's risk involved with pretty much any of these trade um, targets. There's risk with pretty much every one of them. But I'd be willing to take a swing on that upside, especially because he's still on the younger side too.
3: Yeah, I would just want them to make sure his mental health checks out and he's willing to play. I know it's a kind of tricky situation, but he's definitely my top target as long as everything checks out. Spence, I think you agree there.
0: Yeah, if they can do it, do it simply. Don't I mean, make sure it's a reasonable package. Don't blow everything that they have. Did you, I mean, you but saw it,
3: you saw how impactful that Brandon Marshall trade was with with Fitz. What was it five or six years ago? Seven yeah. years ago at this point. So, I think if they can do it, definitely do it.
0: They they simply need a Marshall type acquisition this off season to really get that group into the into a a, a true quality level. They're 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 on a path, but they're not. They're still. Well, they're simply still on the path. They're not at the finish line yet, simply. So I'm hoping it's really definitely opportunities in the, like we said, in the draft for agency, I think still less likely. And then definitely the trade market. I think, again, the main goal is let's see them leave with at least a body or two, three, maybe. It's it work to be done there. But opportunities there. And that, that's the theme, really, of this offseason. The opportunities there. The plans are out there. The hypotheticals are out there. Now execute, get it done, make the right moves. I know it sounds so easy for us to say, but they got to do it simply. And that, that's my thought, my, my uh, wrapping up thoughts as they uh, get ready to approach the soft season. I guess, Brandon, anything from you there?
3: No, I think we, we hit the nail on the head there. The, the soft season can be franchise altering. Hyperbole or not, I, I think it's a, a really important off season. So Matt, we, we definitely thank you for, Jumping on with us. We think you gave us some good insight. I know you're very knowledgeable on the Jets, and we we love your content. So thank you for coming on with us. And if you have any of your socials you want to plug, your your YouTube channel, go for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. Um, you can follow along on YouTube or you know, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, talking jets over there too, at, at Matt O'Leary NY. Uh Jets Just Jets podcast comes out every Monday now during the off season. And uh, yeah, if you're not following already, we would appreciate some support.
2: Perfect. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, we... I recommend it to everyone. I'm uh, definitely an avid follower. I enjoy it. You're killing it on TikTok. It's our joke on this side way better than I. I'm, I'm get there. Okay. You'll get
2: there. <laughs> okay.
0: It's our pod joke. <laughs> but more of the story, check Matt out. Some great stuff there has, has the right thoughts on this team on, on what they need to do simply.
3: Yep. So yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and for all you Islanders, Jets fans, Matt is a contributor to Eyes on Isles. Great Islanders blog. One last question, Matt. Do you think the Islanders will make the playoffs this year?
1: Uh, they have a huge hill to climb. They they got to start stringing some wins together. Um, I'm, I I want to believe just because there's still so much time left, I can't possibly sit through the rest of this season with the mindset of this isn't going to be a playoff team. So I'm still a believer, but it's getting late early.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm very cautiously optimistic. So I think we'll, uh, we'll have better luck with the Jets this off season, hopefully. So now with that, we want to, again, thank you for coming on. And we look forward to speaking with you again sometime. All right. Sounds good, guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Matt, as well. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Spence great conversation with Matt we had a lot of fun talking to him hope we can get him on the pod again soon love that he's a believer of the Islanders because as Islanders fans we have to believe that's all all we got right now so great conversation and we, we hope everyone enjoyed that conversation we're trying to get more guests on some nice guest appearances I know our next episode we will have our friend Anthony Vecchio and Becky on to do a long discussion about the season re- review. So looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, with Matt, a lot of good topics, a lot of good thoughts, on what the Jets need to do. And of course, let's hope we see them do it <laughs> as always.
3: Yeah, uh, I I'm feeling pretty good right now about the off season. I know it's only. end of January, but we have a few months to be disappointed, so let's hope we don't get disappointed by May. Yeah, those uh, the reactions now versus then
0: will be very, very interesting (laughs) regardless of the scenarios, good or bad.
2: Yeah. We'll either be uh we'll be pushing the the crazy land of 13 and 4 or we'll (laughs) be pushing the are they going to be a 7 and 10 team? (laughs) Potentially those ranges. Not not locking in any ranges. Yeah, or or top five. (laughs) And then we're on to the next GM. I agree. All right. Well, as
3: always, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Follow us on Instagram. You can follow us at the Good, the Bad, Jets Pod. You can follow us on Twitter at Good Bad Jets pod. All new episodes will be posted on Instagram and Twitter, so you can stay up to date. You can follow me on Twitter at verified for any of my Jets or Islanders takes. I usually do live tweeting for you, Islanders Jets fans. Yep, and thank you, Brandon, as always.
0: Apologies for the delay there, was reading something about the Jets (laughs) as we're chatting. You can check me out on Twitter at SFind8241033. And on TikTok, at NYJetsSK824. One other thing I will plug from our Twitter account, definitely keep a lookout for our polls on what the team needs to do position by position. Having fun with that, seeing what other fans think. And at this point, they want to take every best player,
2: sign every best player, and (laughs) build an all-star team. So keep keep, keep the responses and, and votes going. They're fun. We love the polls.
3: It's our favorite. <laughs> you you run you run that that's your thing on on Twitter. You run that whole thread. I do the I do the mock drafts, and people yes feel with with the mock drafts that I post, <laughs> people get really mad. It's,
0: like like we said at the start of today's episode, it's hypothetical season, so we got to keep that go.
3: I posted one earlier this week of the Jets taking Kyle Hamilton at four, and people were not happy.
0: And I guess after now, uh, excuse me. After the discussion was held, my thoughts still are now: do not go with Kyle Hamilton. You can just figure out safety in other ways. It's just not the wise move. But we will we'll see how that that thought evolves. I guess from now until until draft season, as always,
2: and free agency. I'd say even the change there first. <laughs> I
3: I wouldn't be I wouldn't be livid with him at four, but. I'm sure a lot of the fan base will be. So it'll be interesting to say the least.
2: It'll be the best reaction of a pick four. <laughs> Until they take Mac Corral at four. <laughs> no comment from me there.
3: As always, we hope you enjoyed the episodes. Like we said, you can follow us on our socials. Spence, we expect some TikToks this offseason, or else you're fired. And <laughs> With with that, we hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend, enjoy the NFL playoffs and make sure you stay positive and test negative. Thanks everyone.